Welcome to Marketing Talks, a podcast that unpacks the careers of marketing leaders by providing insight on how they are growing the brands and organizations they are a part of. Learn practical tips and strategies on how you can grow within marketing while avoiding mistakes along the way. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jonathan Kaur, and in today's Marketing Talk conversation, I'm going to be talking to a mainly focused operations professional who has a background experience in marketing. His name is EJ O'Donnell, uh, and he's worked with B2B, D2C, e-commerce companies in the uh, printing and apparel uh, industries. Uh, He's also the founder of Opportunity Has No Off-Season Membership Session. That is a peer-to-peer mentorship group that focuses on personal and professional uh, growth. Thanks for hopping on this call, EJ. Man, stoked to be here, man. I'm uh, it's I'm honored to be here, man, and doing this with you. Appreciate it. Awesome. So let's just kick this off right away and have you just quickly intro to the audience who you are, what you do, and then also some of the companies you've worked for. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm definitely a, a mix of a kind of jack of all trades, master of nothing. Um, uh, my name is E.J. O'Donnell. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. Um, I've done a whole lot of everything. Right now, I'm currently the owner-operator of my own little design company, EJ LLC. Very simple right now. It's been a a passion of mine for a long time to be a designer um, because I was originally a graffiti artist um, way back in the day, um, which actually ties a lot to like Galen, your previous guest, and actually how I even got a job becoming the vice president of a sticker manufacturing company back in 2004. So uh, my background is is all across the board. I've been an operator, I've been a vice president, I've been a designer, I've been a marketer, um, a connector, a networker. Um, and right now I'm uh, I'm a full-time designer. That's awesome. So obviously, you know, COVID-19 with everything that's been going on, it's been affecting everyone in the world. Um, it's affected me. And um, I, my first question, uh, you know, getting started with this conversation is how has it affected you or has it affected you at all? And how have you like adjusted to it? Yeah, it, def- it actually did. So um, I ended up losing my job as operations manager or a director of operations at a clothing company here in Tacoma about two months ago. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm confident in my skill set, but looking for a new full-time job has been extremely difficult. Um, There's a lot of people hiring, but hiring on a slow basis. So there's a lot of waiting period going on right now. So you got to kind of fill your time. So in the meantime, I've just been taking on, uh, reaching out to my network and, um, you know, helping develop websites, helping design brand and logos, uh, marketing strategies for whomever is essentially um, looking for uh, my type of services. But then, um, I also have an Instagram page, Tacoma underscore wa has roughly 29 and a half thousand followers right here in Tacoma. It's a community based page. Um, and we launched a love local campaign right as COVID-19 was kind of kicking off to just shower love in our local community here, uh, in Tacoma because restaurants are affected, um, gyms, there's just so much, um, impact being made. Uh, you know, in a negative way because of this COVID-19. It's like, how can we kind of fight that with some positive and some love? So I've been using that page right now with the help of Foster's Creative, which is a creative agency here. They're helping with video and publication of a lot of these kind of um, uh, highlighting these love local moments. And um, so that's how I've been utilizing my time the last two months. But yeah, it's a difficult market right now. Um, People are still trying to stay hopeful. Um, 
but there's no real plan. You just kind of got to keep moving one foot in front of the other right now. Yeah, that makes total sense. I was going to ask a little bit going into that Love Local campaign, um, you know, seeing on your LinkedIn, th- th- there's a lot of different initiatives that you started, you know, different communities that you're a part of. What value do you see of like building community, whether it's marketing, business, or just as a human being in general? I think it starts with that, just being a good person, you know, putting out a lot of good energy and just trying to uh, inspire others to to do well. You know, doing the right thing is always the right thing is kind of a motto. Um, and I've always been a community driven person because I, it, it's all support, you know, because there's going to be times in life where we have challenges and what's the, what, what do you lean on? Your community, your family. Um, you know, but you can also offer your value to those people and support those who are going through tough times. So I grew up in the hip hop community, which was, I was a graffiti artist, but it was tied into breakdancing, DJing and emceeing. And we were this collective community of people that were from all different walks of life. And we just were always constantly there for each other. Um, even though I wasn't a break dancer, I would hang out break dancers. And then, you know, they, I gave a different perspective um, as an artist, you know, but we were all kind of artists in motion in our way. Um, so I learned early on that community was so big. Um, and I, it's just been ingrained in me for a really long time. So, you know, the Tacoma Wa Instagram page was because I just love my city so much. And it kind of, it's a whole longer conversation about what the stigma of Tacoma is. And I wanted to showcase how good of a city it was. Um, I started a run club called Tacoma Run Club because I feel like, uh, you know, the the way that you can provide value to others is you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first. You can't give with an empty cup. Um, and as you touched on, the opportunity has no off-season peer-to-peer mentorship group. I just feel like I, I, I've been able to connect with so many people. I wanted to be able to give that back to people too and connect people because that that one conversation, that one meetup could ultimately change their life. And that's how I've always marketed just in general is connecting with people. And you know, your network is your net worth sort of speak. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been such a cool thing to be able to do that. Cause I've met some of the coolest people doing the coolest things just through building community. And then it also creates opportunity for me and my family and others around me to just continue to put, pursue their life a little bit further. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think building community and finding ways to network and meet other people, whether it's directly in what you're doing or even not directly related to it somehow, seems to connect at some point. It's crazy. I've had conversations with certain people where it's like, oh, you know him or you know her, you know, like it's like, how'd you meet them? And it's like, you know, you have this whole concept of small world, but it's, there's a huge power in like, you know, who you know and who you're, who you're uh, consistently interacting with on a daily basis. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's actually how Galen and I connected way back in the day was through graffiti which is because uh, he was in the, in the graffiti scene as well. And so we were like kind of six degrees separated, five, four, three, two. And then before we know it, we connected. And now he's part of Tacoma Run Club. And, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's just all about bettering ourselves. You know, like that's what we try to do in business is just try to be better business, uh, businesses in general. How do we do things more efficiently? You know, it all really starts with ourselves and how we take care of ourselves. So transitioning more into some of the business stuff you've been mentioning and uh, with your previous response, I have a specific question based off of your experience just in e-com um, for the printing company and uh, also the apparel company. Uh, 
So like how important do you see building brand within an organization? Some, uh, and the reason I ask this is I've seen different companies, you know, their, their focus is let's just get sales. Let's just get sales. But at what point do you think it becomes important enough to be like, Hey, we actually need to become an actual thing, a brand that way we stick out from our competitors who, you know, are also trying to do the same thing. So just from a differentiating standpoint, how important is building brand? I actually think brand is probably equally or more important than sales um, because it kind of ties back to community where, you know, as a brand, you kind of have, um, you connect with people on a different level, on, a, on an emotional level, what that brand is about. You can create marketing messages and stuff to trigger certain people. But when you have a brand ethos that is like, for like die cut is us and we, you know, power to the makers, it's really connecting with people. And then in times of trial, like we're in now, people want to support the brand that has always supported them. So if you're in, if you're not a brand, if you're a brandless brand, you're just a one and done kind of shop. You can create sites and do all this stuff and, and oh, that was cool and everything, but there's no value there. It's just a transaction. So for brand for me, it's always been such an important thing because it's a community. You're building your own community within that business. Um, and this is kind of what love local is, is love on the brands you love the most locally and so I've always been a big believer that brand should be something very important because it is identifying who you are as a company, but also identifying who the people are behind the brand that you want to continuously work with. So I always feel like brand should always be close to the top, if not the top thing you focus on. So what would your advice be with your experience? Let's assume I or somebody else were to start, you know, their own clothing brand or their own marketing agency or whatever that is. When do you think, should, should they start considering brand right away? Should that be top of mind or at what point in their business journey um, do you think they should start or taking that more seriously? You know, it's always a work in progress. You're never going to get brand right, right away. Um, you know, with, with die cut stickers, um, you know, it evolved over, over a decade, you know, really f kind of found our pocket probably around 2015, 16. Um, so it's a constant work in progress. I, I think you should always have some sort of brand anchor at, at first, knowing that it's going to continuously evolve as time goes on. Cause then you perfect your marketing messages and like really it's like you as a, as a human being, you know, who you are as a teenager is not who you are when you're 35 years old. Um, you know, when I was 18, I was painting graffiti and now I'm 35. I got, or I turned 35 in a week. Um, I got two kids, a, a house to maintain. So it's like, I've just grown up and I, you know, the things that I look at are different now. And this it's the same thing with the brand where you start doesn't mean where you're going to have to finish, but I think it's important that you just evolve with it. Yeah, no, completely agree. So now with your experience, you know, in the previous company, printing and apparel, what are some of the um, marketing campaigns or strategies uh, that have really stuck out to you over the years that you, that, that you could share? So we did quite a few over the years. Um, early on, this one was actually really fun. Uh, we actually collabed with a uh, snowboard company called Dinosaurs Will Die. And we created the DWDCS coloring contest. And so what we did is we put out just an eight and a half by 11 inch sheet marketed to everybody. I mean, this was probably 2010. So this is pretty early marketed to anybody and everybody that we could within the snowboard and sticker communities. And you download the sheet, you sent it in and you actually, the winner would actually get their, uh, their graphic printed on the snowboard. 
you know, so that was like a very early on uh, campaign that we did. We ended up having, uh, if my memory serves me right, like over 75 submissions of just kids that were just designing, having fun. We, uh, you know, we videoed the whole thing. We did a full uh, reveal party at our office at the time. Um, and that was a really fun one. That was like a very early on campaign. And then of course they continuously got more evolved. Um, but for us, the strategies were very much a personal touch, just like that. Um, handwritten letters to every single customer that ordered, you know, obviously that becomes difficult as the quantity of customers happens and we found ways to combat that, but constantly staying diligent on those small touches. And this is why kind of touching back on brand and who you are and what you're about. Sometimes the easy things are not, or they're hard to do. The hard things are the best thing to do. You know, even if they're not easy, you still continuously do them because they're impactful. So we're handwriting thank you cards to every single customer and mailing them out afterwards. Instead of sending that follow-up email for a review, we'd actually send a thank you card. And that was a strategy that we did for a number of years, which is still going on today. And, you know, it's evolved. It's not fully handwritten now. Now it's a smaller message, you know, because you have to be able to tailor to the the quantity of things. Um, But that was a very good, successful strategy that we had because it puts that personal touch onto, you know, because every order mattered. Every single order always mattered. Um, That's how, that's how the, the business grew one sticker at a time. And all those little touch points we felt were the best way for us to market ourselves by just being authentic and truly appreciate the orders that were coming, coming to us. So those were two of the uh, like really big standout op, um, things that we did that were really fun. One was obviously like a coloring contest, but it got a lot of eyeballs. Um, ROI, not so much, but we were early on in the company at the time that we just wanted to put ourselves out there and let people know who we were. So really we achieved our goal. And then, you know, then the strategy was just like, you know, we're genuinely thankful for these orders. It, they helped provide for my family and to other people's families. And, uh, and it really mattered. So it was really easy to write those letters. Yeah. I think it always helps to see the humans, to see the faces behind companies. I think it, uh, I've been on a lot of different website websites lately, you know, different organizations, different companies, and it's very interesting because like for me, I'm a lot more drawn. I'll stick on the actual website if I see people, if I see faces, if I'm like, oh, wow, this is the founder. This is a team that they have or these are the people as opposed to, you know, like there may not even be an about us or like no company photos or anything like that. And I think naturally as human beings, I think I always pictured it as a little kid, a little kid, like when they see another little kid, they kind of get drawn to them like, oh, wow, another kid. I think naturally we do that as grownups too. We just don't get as distracted as easily because we know, you know, we've learned different cadences, but I think that same principle applies in this case. So I, I'm glad you shared, you know, the human aspect of marketing because I think it's very important. I think it's a long-term play, even even if the ROI right there, right then and then uh, when you guys did that campaign, you know, for the context that you guys are doing it wasn't necessarily like right away ROI. I'm sure over time it probably paid itself off and even more. Yeah. Very legacy driven in our marketing strategies because you know, you can be a one and done. You can have, I, I mean, I've, I've known people to go on Instagram, say we're giving away this swimsuit and they get all this hype. And then on top of it, it pairs a bunch of orders and then they become millionaires overnight. That's cool. But there's no legacy about that. So at the time, you know, and still to this day is we're very legacy driven people where I want to work for 30 years of just like making impact along the way, you know, not just 
making money because we know we have to make money to keep the lights on, but what impact can we actually make on the people along the way? And that to me and to, to die cut has always been that um, legacy driven kind of thought, you know, how can we help others along the way to while we were achieving our goals? Um, and that that was a, another marketing strategy is making sure that we're providing a lot of value back to the community that supported us so much. It's, it's definitely always give more than you take. Yeah. And so to dive deeper more into your actual experience, just from an operational standpoint, I was looking on your LinkedIn, you've, uh, you basically built, you know, helped build out the whole infrastructure for the company, the teams, hiring different people and doing all that sort of stuff. I have, I have more of a pointed question specifically from a hiring standpoint, especially, you know, different people are looking for jobs in this economy and all that sort of stuff. What uh, characteristics do you find important within an organization when it comes to marketing or even an employee in general? And how do you find those outliers or the people that stick out of the crowd within like, you know, when you're hiring somebody on? Yeah, we always hired for personality. You know, you had to have kind of the baseline requirements for certain positions, but how you fit the culture of the company was something that was really important um, because the culture kind of cultivates the energy that you put out and allows you this free creative space to think of these great marketing plans or strategies to, to actually execute against, um, you know, the dollar spent. So when we would go through hiring process, um, multiple, most of the time I wasn't even asking questions about the uh, technical questions about the job. Tell me about yourself. Like, and I always wanted to see who was the most enthusiastic, what they like to do on the side, um, how much energy they brought and just who they were as a human being first. Then we could get to the technical side. Could they actually do the job? And, and I still think that um, rings a bell today. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are unemployed. So the highest skill level people on paper, are probably going to get the first looks, but you put somebody with a great personality in a room that's maybe moderately talented. I think they will still get the job because this is all going to cycle around at some point. And I know I've always wanted to work with people I like to work with. I don't care if you're the best salesman, the best marketer, the best designer, if you brought good energy and then we consistently just grew together, that is where I felt like the magic was. And so I, I, I think it's going to ring true today. You know, if, as long as you can get through that first, Hey, I need, I just want an interview. Um, I would always be hiring for personality and who you are as a person, especially now talent definitely goes far, but I want to know who you are as a person and, and the hard work you want to put in and actually continuously build something with legacy. So right now, I mean, I'm experiencing it now too, without having a full-time job. Um, I didn't go to college. Even though my credentials, I was a vice president of company for over a decade, I still don't qualify for jobs that are technically less titled than that. And I'm just going to have to to lean on me as a as my personality. I know I could do the job, but I'm going to have to lean on who I am as a person um, to be able to maybe even land that job. So uh, it's a competitive market right now, and just staying optimistic and just continuously applying, you're going to find that one conversation that's going to guide you to that right right place. And I think once you get there, it's going to just be a mutual thing, and it's going to be a personality thing versus a technical thing. I 100% agree. I uh, One, I, I appreciate your transparency and just sharing that. I think that's very key. Like even for me, I, I'm finding myself, like I, w- when we were talking before this conversation, I have a background in music. So a lot of my knowledge expertise is in that. But, you know, over the past few years, I've been getting more into marketing and business. 
And that's one of the things I'm noticing myself as, you know, applying different, you know, to different jobs. It's very tight. You need, you need this, you need this, these skills, you need this amount of experience. You need to have done this, this, and this, and this. And although like, and for me, we may be on different playing fields because you have, you know, over a decade of experience in your role. Whereas for me, I'm still, you know, starting out, but I, but, but I think the same thing applies because for me, I'm like, you know, just, just give me the opportunity. I know if I'm given the opportunity, I'm going to run with it. We're, we're going to figure this out because, you know, especially now, like I, I've talked to different people, different marketers who have the experience and some of these questions that I'm asking them, you know, they don't even know themselves. So for me, it's kind of reaffirming. It's like, you don't have to know everything. I think you just have to be willing to go above and beyond and really stick out. So going more like in a marketing perspective, um, you, you mentioned how, you know, that there's a lot of aspects of marketing that you've done. What, in this landscape today, what skills, like whether it's, you know, uh, SEM, SEO, you know, being able to build websites, being able to build, you know, uh, followings within channels, like wh what are some of those actual like, practical um, skill sets that you really think uh, set marketers apart, especially in this landscape now? Oh, man, that's a really good question because there's a, so many marketers out there that are marketing they definitely during this time. Um, there's not one skill necessarily that I think is standing out more than the other right now. Um, the one I think is going to be the most authentic though, and just not going to try to sell you anything right now. It's like almost, this is the time for marketers to kind of slow down their marketing and humanize the connection between people. Um, because right now it's like, I don't have the money to go and buy a bunch of stuff. So if you, if you're targeting me, I'm not going to buy it. You know, I'm hunkered down, I'm chilling. So I think the, the marketers that recognize that the kind of honestly, like what you're doing, you're providing value to people by having these open conversations. I'll remember this. And then wherever you land or whatever you do next, I'm going to, I'm going to seek you out. I'm going to want to know what you're doing and how I can support you. Um, so during this time, I think it's the ones that are going to be offering the most value um, just to keep people hopeful and motivated at this time. And like, I don't think marketing needs to stop, but I think it needs to just, adapt to uh the realism of where people are at right now there's not a lot of people spending money so don't try to sell them on stuff sell them on hope sell them on optimism change the story a little bit right now and tell that story of like we're going to get through this together i think that's where the best marketers are going to succeed because we'll remember those stories that maybe that one commercial or that one um, campaign was it, it really resonated deeply and it's like okay I'm, we're finally getting out of this got some money again what was that company again? I'm going to go find them and I'm going to seek them out. So for me, it's the ones that are really going to kind of humanize this experience and, and bring the most value kind of like what you're doing right now. I think it's, I think it's going to uh, go extremely far by just opening up these conversations. It's, it's amazing that you you're doing this on your own time and you know, you're educating yourself, but you're also exposing a lot of these things through people that are just looking for the same thing. So, um, not sure if that answers your question to to a T, but I think that's where kind of my head's at on it. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think you hit it spot on the head. I I was working on some copy, some uh, social media copy last night, and um, I, I threw an idea out and uh, like for a post synopsis. And my thing was like the people you help, the people you help in general, especially right now, will remember. So like these conversations I'm having with you, with Galen, with my buddy Alejandro and all these other calls 
that weren't recorded. Like for me, I'm like, man, they're adding so much. They're willing to help. They're willing to provide value to me in this time. And I'm like, for me, I'm like, okay, if they're willing to do that, you know, based off of the experience that they have, I may be one or maybe half a step ahead of somebody else, you know, within their market who literally probably just got out of college. So it's like, how do I find ways to add value? How, how do I pay it forward again since they did the same thing to me? And over time, basically build this chain or this ripple effect of just people adding value left and right, especially during these times, because people will remember. So if let's take a stroll back, you know, like let, let's assume it's over 10 years ago and you were to start all over again with everything you've done, everything you've accomplished, all the different market, marketing campaigns and uh, different like collabs that you've done over the years, what advice would you give yourself if you were to start over again, specifically speaking to that 18, 19, 20-year-old EJ um, back then? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think I would tell myself to maybe slow down a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I've heard advice where on the opposite side, it's like, go harder. But for me, I think I would actually slow down a tad. Um, I was pretty fast paced for the first um, first five years where I, I didn't think through some things probably as, as, as well as I should have. So if I were to go back 10, 12, 15 years from now, I would say slow down, evaluate a little bit more and make sure like what you're doing and where you're going is going to provide you that five, 10, 15 year, you know, down the line. I didn't have any intentions of switching careers, you know, but things changed. I didn't think about having a family and a house for 35 miles away from my job at the time, you know? So I think if I were to go back, I would say, slow down a little bit. What life are you building? Like I would never change the way I did it in now, but if I were to ever go back, I'd say, slow down a little bit what's your life look like in 10 years when you are 28 years old and you're having a child? What, what's your time look like? Because you can't work 14 hours a day for your entire life. Um, and that's where my mindset was when I was 18, 19, I had my, me, myself and I, and I just wanted to go, go, go. I wanted to design. I wanted to make some money. I wanted to have fun doing it and help people along the way and build these communities. But then my family was formed and it didn't, it didn't match up 10, 12 years down the line because I was spending too much time working versus not enough time at home. And it just didn't coincide. So I would say just slow down a little bit, see where you're actually building 10 years from now to make sure that the things that are the most important to you will get the best of you, not the rest of you. Mm. And that's, that's probably my, I've, I've gone over that question a lot of times. And that actually, that question was the one that actually, um, kind of sent me over the edge to look at it, changing the way that I was um, uh, doing business was because uh, Brad Davidson is his name. He's a, he's a health and fitness coach out of California. And I was listening to this podcast and he asked that question. Think about the ones you love the most. Are they getting the best of you or are they getting the rest of you? And at the time I answered it honestly, I was like, they're getting the rest of me because they're getting about two hours a day with me. And that's not the best of me. And so that was like really the reason why I, uh, I made the jump to, to find something closer to home because I, I needed to give them the best of me. And I, I wasn't able to do that in the career that I was currently doing because of distance away from home. It was just a time issue. And so 10 years ago, I would say, slow down a little bit. What's 10 years look like for you? Do you want to have a family? What's that mean to be a parent? Um, and if, 
you can't answer the question, you know, it's, it, it's okay, but it's something to think about. Just slow down a little bit to see, to make sure you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Well, when I called one of my friends, uh, in this whole process, I was asking him, you know, for some feedback, for some tips, um, during this season. And he said, he said, what are your three to five year goals? And, and for me, I couldn't answer right away because I didn't know specifically what they were. And he says, I would be making decisions based off of that. Where are you guys trying to be in the next three to five years? You and your wife trying to be in the next three to five years and adjust to that. And so once he said that, literally sat down with my wife and we talked about it and we're like, okay, this needs to happen. You know, we need to be able to hit this financially and, and, and be able to do this, have this sort of lifestyle to be able to work once we start bringing kids into the equation. So I think completely resonating with what you're saying is think things through, slow down, not necessarily just to like take it easy. No, you, you, you still want to go hard whenever it is you're working, but at the same time, it's like think things through more uh, strategically and then also to keep it in line, you know, what the goals are for you and really your family because that's it, what you're doing will impact your family ultimately. Oh, hundred percent. And it, and it was, you know, like we wanted to have a family and, and grow it. And so we did, but the time involved in that is so important. And so, um, uh, a mentor of mine, Thatch Nguyen, he, he asked the question, I was at a, I was at an event that he was throwing in Bellevue and he's like 9.9 out of 10 people can't even answer this question. He's like, what do you want? Couldn't answer it. I was like, man. And you know, you went back to the drawing and this was pre, you know, career change and, and it kept resonating. It's like, what do I want? It's like, I want to spend more time with my family. How do I do it? And it ultimately came to the decision of having to change careers to do that. But, uh, I would ask myself that, what do you want in life? Where do you want to be in those three to five years in those 10 years and start building towards that? Um, because I think that's going to pay off in the long term. because we can't always be reactive and, you know, hoping for something to show up at the right time, even though, uh, God willing, it does a lot of times, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And so I think planning out that three, five, 10 year plan is something really important to do, especially if you're 18 to 22 right now. Yeah, completely agree. So kind of going into that, just like the last question before I go into the rapid fire questions for this talk, what, um, what is your thoughts on, you know, having your main gig, but then also like, you know, freelancing or having your own thing on the side. What's your, like you've alluded, you've done stuff like that, you know, consistently throughout your career. What is your like feedback based off of how you've done it? And obviously developing different skills, being able to have different, you know, streams of income, but more than anything, just having, just having that extra help, whether it's experience or just finances. Um, so, you know, having my thing on the side, it was, it was good because, um, you know, it taught me to expand my, uh, just my skill set. Um, you know, where I would get, when you have the same job and you're doing it every day, you, you don't typically, um, explore too far out of that. Cause you have you know, you have this rigid thing that you're kind of staying in. And so having my own side, uh, design firm and, uh, creative agency was, it was expanding what I never got to dive deep into at a full-time job. But what I used that for was, R&D to put back into the full-time thing too. So it, it was kind of working both ways, you know, it's like, so I learned this over here that now I can implement here and it's going to provide value and benefit for, for the main job. And so, uh, you know, and then also too, that just provided a better stream of income, you know, because I wanted to make sure that I was providing financially for my family and to get to those three to five year goals, you know, you can't necessarily do it on a salary. It's too slow. It's like, well, 
what can I do now that's not a conflict of interest that would allow me to uh, bring in a little extra income. And that's where I ended up creating this design and uh, creative agency just because I had that, uh, that itch I needed to scratch too. And then, you know, design turns into marketing and strategy and I'm helping an artist out of Las Vegas right now, completely creating his whole entire brand identity. He knows who he is, but how do you make it picture perfect and market to that? And I would have never been able to like dive deep in a full-time gig doing that. And now I get that opportunity. But once I go through that, I can take that information and learn how to do it for another brand and just kind of duplicate and replicate that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you shared exactly what you just shared because I've heard different companies, you know, they have different perspectives on whether they should have a side gig or not. Um, and ultimately, like, there's a different there's a marketing podcast I listen to, and and they actually encourage it similar to what you're saying is like it does serve as R and D for you to try something out and then come back to your manager, to your executive team, or to your uh, to your CEO and say, hey, I tried this out here and actually it worked really well. We should try it out with this and see what it sort of results. And at least you have experience you at least know where where, you know how to approach it and tackle it from there so i i completely agree with what you just said so um so going now into the rapid fire questions you know towards the end of this conversation which has been very valuable uh, to me and i'm sure the audience as well um I'm going to go a little bit more practical, technical. Uh, so with your experience with marketing, what is your favorite tool or software that you've used up to this point that's been very valuable to you? Oh, man. Um, I'm just a big fan of email marketing still. Um, I have been for a long time. I know it kind of got diluted for a really long time. Um, but I mean, MailChimp, Clavio, I mean, they're all kind of work. You kind of pick your one that you, you like the best. Um, but that email list, is your brand, your community that you can send out one email and end up, you know, increasing your revenue, but really connecting with that audience. So email marketing is good, but even one step further that I'm um, diving deeper in right now is SMS marketing. Um, I really think there's a lot of value in texting. Uh, The open rates are through the roof. Um, And then also that's really solidifying that brand. Like we talked about, I'm not going to sign up for an SMS unless I really care about the brand. So this is going to force brands to level up and really connect with the, with their consumers. So tool wise, I just have always been a big fan of email marketing. Um, and, and now SMS marketing, I think is going to be kind of back to my new favorite, um, as I learn more about it right now. Awesome. So now what is a, uh, your favorite online course or class or some sort of means that you've consumed and learned, you know, different skill sets within marketing? life. I've actually never taken an online course and I've actually never taken a class on marketing. Um, what I've done is I've just connected with people and just had good conversations and, um, you know, obviously offered value to them in, in whatever way I could. Um, and they were sharing it with me too. So it was constantly just brainstorm sessions. Um, that's ultimately how opportunity has no off season was formed is having these conversations and learning so much from other people that's why it's a peer to peer mentorship program. I'm learning as they're learning. We're all learning together. And I've always felt that that was the best way to learn. I didn't need to take a class. Um, I wanted to learn through life. I felt like people's experiences are the um, greatest thing that I could ever learn from. And then me sharing my experiences with them. Um, so that's really, I've never taken an online class and I've never taken any sort of course that kind of propelled my marketing experience. It was all based off of just connecting with people and talking to them. 
So it's possible. <laughs> it is 100% possible. It's a little bit more challenging because, you know, you have to be able to access people and whatnot. And, you know, I've just, I've always been a uh, value first person. It's like, what can I do? You know, I don't have intentions of getting anything in return, but what can I do? I've always felt a law of contribution, a law of attraction is something very important. It's like if I contribute um, at some point, that answer will come to me in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, but my intentions are always just to help people. How can I help you get to where you're going while I'm trying to get to where I'm going as well? And um, I think Zig Ziglar said that it's like you can if you want to get somewhere in life, help as many people as you can along the way. And um, that's kind of been my theory on on learning is just how do I help others while I learn at the same time? It's great, great philosophy. So now um, I'm curious about this next question that I'm going to ask. Uh, what is your favorite book uh, just in general? Man, right now it's David Goggins Can't Hurt Me um, because it is a strictly mindset book. Um, you know, I always felt like I could be the best version of myself if I was um, investing into myself. Um, I kind of live by these equities called the seven equities. Um and it's broken down by mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, money. And so I've, I've taken the mind, body, soul, which is me. I have to take myself with me everywhere I go. If I'm investing a little bit into me every day, then I'm better for my family. I'm better for my friends. I happen to be better for my business. And then you live a, live a life, life of least resistance. And then money kind of finds a way to be deposited a little bit easier. Um, and so that book right now, um, I do a lot of running. And I, so reading wise, horrible reader, audio reader, man, sign me up. Um, but David Goggins can't hurt me is just kind of breaking down his life. Um, and especially as we're going through this kind of this season right now, this COVID-19 stuff, um, it's challenging mentally. Um, and so typically I would be reading books on design or, uh, different things like that. But now it's all for me is all mental and physical. How can I continuously be the best I can? Because my family is so important. If I'm broken, I can't help them. And I need to make sure to invest into it. And when you start reading that book or listening to that book, you'll realize that our problems are really small compared to the way that that man lived. And he's one of the toughest, toughest dudes on this planet. And it's just kind of given me this energy to just like, I'm going to be okay. So David Goggins can't hurt me is top one right now. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so do you have a, do you happen to have like a favorite marketer or somebody like you, you admire whether it's somebody, you know, directly or just someone that you've seen or heard of or studied? Oh man. Um, there's a, I've, 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 I've liked to, um, I learned over the years that I don't listen to one person too much because I ended up becoming too much like that person. So I got Gary Veed for a while, you know, where I was listening to it every single day. And, um, and I was like, man, I just, I feel like I'm following too closely to what he does and who he is. And so I started uh, branching out and listening to a little bit of stuff here and there. Um, I don't have a necessarily a favorite marketer, but I like, um, I like, the, I like the people that like podcast about their businesses and they're kind of an open book. So, uh, I got some good friends down in California. They have a podcast called group chat. It's uh, D Murthy and and Murthy and drama, uh, young and reckless five, four clothing, grand AC. Um, 
or I guess it's Grand Running Club now, I apologize, um, New Republic, they just talk openly about their business and what they're doing and how they market things. And, and really, I would say they're some of my favorite marketers because they're doing exactly kind of what I'm doing, which is hosting events and just being an open book to people. Um, you know, you're providing value, but you're also marketing your company at the same time. So I don't really have a favorite technical marketer. I just like the people that constantly share what they're learning and want to put it out there for people. So the group chat guys um, at group chat, you should definitely check them out. They're good dudes. Um, uh, they're just open book and they have a lot of history and a lot of experience in retail and e-com and um, they're investors um, and they share it all. They share it all. And so I would say that's the best form of marketing is just being an open book. And I really appreciate what those guys do. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll for sure put the link and all the info in the in the description down below. So so now if people are interested in connecting, you know, with you, what what platforms, you know, are you most active with? You know, where can people connect you with you and find you at? Yeah. Um, Instagram is my number one at EJ O'Donnell. So E J A Y O D O N N E L L um, is my main personal page. Uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty active on there. Um, and then, uh, and then my website, ejodonald.com kind of breaks down, uh, my design, um, opportunity has no off season and, and run club, um, which are the most important things to me right now, along with the Tacoma Y Instagram page. So, uh, Instagram is definitely the way to go at EJ O'Donnell. Awesome. Well, cool. Thanks for uh, hopping on this call. This has been a very interesting and I'm sure very different. Like for me, like, you know, we didn't really know much about each other, you know, prior to this conversation. So it's, it's been really interesting just kind of being, being here just getting to know and unpack really your why behind what, what you do, uh, on a consistent basis, as well as how you're also navigating through this pandemic and then really into the, into the future. So I really appreciate you coming on this call, EJ. Um, it is an honor to be here and I, I hope I could provide some value and um, some just some experience of what I'm going through right now for, for your audience, man. I, I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm excited to see who you have on next too, man. I think it's going to be great. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show to receive more content like today's episode.